and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a discussion of God's extraordinary works through His ordinary ways. My name is Winston Weber, and Mike, you left us hanging for a whole week to get back to Apest. That's so, right, but we've been sitting here the whole time oh, in front of our Bibles looking at Ephesians 4, waiting for this moment. Oh man, I have been on pins and needles, as I'm sure many of our listeners have been as well. Well, let me recap it a little bit where we've been. We've talked about do, Ephesians yeah. 2 foundation of apostles and prophets that the church was built upon, Ephesians 3, uh, that God revealed his word to the apostles and prophets. Then we get to Ephesians 4, and we got all the way up to the brink, almost to verse 11, and the idea that God gave gifts to men. Jesus gave gifts to men, and that's uh, the distribution of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You think of the day of Pentecost and all that. But then you get to Ephesians 4 and verse 9. We'll start there today. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. And we're saying that this is four, four gifted men categories that Christ gave to the church. The apostles and prophets, which wrote down the word of God as the Holy Spirit moved them, and then evangelists, and then shepherd-teachers, hyphen teachers, shepherd-teachers. God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds and teachers. So we get to chapter 4, verse 11, and it says, He gave the apostles, the definite article is there, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherd and teachers. So that's why we're saying it's four. The definite article before what the thing is. So the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and then the shepherds and teachers. Mm -hmm. One role. So he gave them, and this is in fulfillment of the Father's will, Christ assigned spiritual gifts, verses 7 and 8, and he called every believer into service in his body. So he gave gifts, but then he gave gifted men. This is what verse 11 is telling us. He gave gifted men. This is not an unlimited amount. This is not for everyone in the whole body. The apostles and prophets are no longer in operation except as they speak through the word. Evangelists and then shepherd teachers are out equipping the saints for works of service. All the saints that are gifted by the Holy Spirit. So he called gifted men into service. And again, looking back to apostles and prophets in 2.20 and in chapter 3. Twelve apostles who had seen the risen Christ, Acts 1.22, including Matthias, who replaced Judas, plus Paul, one untimely born, Galatians 1, verses 15 to 17. So the apostles were chosen directly by Jesus. So Paul could be called an apostle of Christ because he was chosen by Jesus. Apostles were chosen by Jesus, and they were given three. Yeah, go ahead. So on that, though, you're saying that it's the twelve Plus Paul? Yes. So Plus one. <laughs> I yes. thought that there were other places where like Barnabas and James the brother of John is, or James the brother of Jesus is called an apostle. That does. Uh, apostle was used in some general ways of other men in the early church, such as Barnabas in Acts 14.4, Silas in 1 Thessalonians 2.6, uh, Timothy in 1 Thessalonians 2.6, and others, okay? So yes, in a general way, but in the specific way and in the way that this was given— when he says he gave the apostles, these are people chosen directly by Jesus, given three responsibilities. They were the foundation of the church, Ephesians 2.20. They were to receive and write God's word, Ephesians 3.5. 
and then give confirmation of the word through signs and wonders and miracles. 2 Corinthians 12, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And so this was a specific group for a specific time. So why do we get to define Barnabas and Silas and James as not apostles mm-hmm. in, in the you know in the way we're normally thinking about it, whereas for those other ones we get to define it you know oh well see because it supports our position is that what we're, what we're saying not at all and that's a great question I think it's a fair question so apostle was used in those other spots and very rarely okay Barnabas Silas Timothy in general ways of other godly men in the early church now. Another phrase is used, apostles of the churches, in 2 Corinthians 8.23, not apostles of Jesus Christ, like the 12 slash 13. So the idea is they were apostles of the churches, they weren't apostles of Jesus Christ. Now, apostles of Jesus Christ, the ones that are listed that, that Christ gave, Christ gave the apostles, those are not self-perpetuating. It's not a group that just keeps going and going and going. No apostle who died was replaced. Okay, so the idea that Judas was replaced is because he left. He never was one in the truest sense of the term. And so uh, Matthias was that that next one. And then obviously Paul. And so I hope that is clear enough for our listeners. I want to move on to prophets. But, you know, you could be called an apostle of the churches back then in a very small, small sample size. Yeah. And part of the problem, too, is we're dealing with, you know, a Greek word, which did kind of have two meetings, right? Like an apostle is one who is simply mm-hmm. sent out, but it was used by the church to... Yeah, absolutely. Be, it's like the word church, ecclesia, right? Mm-hmm. The called out ones, you know, that could just mean a general assembly back then too. Right. We have an Acts where a mob is literally called ecclesia because right. they're the called out ones. Right, and what we want to do is anchor ourselves firmly in the text, in the context, and that verses 7 and 8 do speak of gifts that Christ gives to the church, and then verse 11 speaks of those that are going to equip the gifted people in the church. And so these are gifted men that God gave, and, and notice what they're supposed to do in verse 12. Equip the saints for the work of ministry, using their spiritual gifts for the building up of the body of Christ. So the idea that this, in verse 11, is the list of gifts makes no sense. And let me tell you why. If those are the five gifts that are operational in every church for men and women alike, and they're all equipping the saints for the work of ministry, that means that it's like the church is just equipping itself in this big (laughs) circular, you know, um, It's just a ball of equipping. It it just doesn't make any sense. It's like the, the gifted men he gave to the church in order to equip the saints who have those gifts from the Holy Spirit to do the work of ministry. And so that's what's getting missed in, in Ephesians 4.11 is that these are gifted men God gave to the church. The apostles and prophets still speak, and we'll get to that in, in a moment on that. But let's go into prophets. Okay. In prophets, again, in 2.20, um, are we talking about Old Testament prophets or New Testament prophets? Either way, apostles and prophets give way to evangelists and teacher shepherds. Okay, This is the point of the passage. Uh, evangelists proclaim the good news of salvation in Christ to unbelievers. They preach the gospel. Pastors and teachers, that's a single office of leadership in the church, functioning to, to shepherd the flock. But the, the prophets are those that spoke the word of God, that spoke forth uh, God's word. And so we have the apostles and prophets. And again, look at chapter 2, look at chapter 3, look at chapter 4. The same phrase is used because it's getting used in the same way. And so I think we made that point upstream very clearly. Those who wrote the word, chapter 3, verse 5, are the same ones that are called out in chapter 4, verse 11. 
But let's go ahead and let's go ahead and keep moving through this. Pastors and teachers, single office of leadership in the church, 1 Timothy 5.17. Uh, the meaning of pastor and shepherds are the two functions together, uh, describing a teaching shepherd. So under the great elder shepherd of our souls, Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 20 and 21, and 1 Peter 2.25, we are under shepherds, okay? Also called an elder in Titus 1, 5 through 9, and 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. In Acts 20, 28, and 1 Peter 5, 1, you see all three terms together. So verse 13 is the goal, until we all attain to the unity of the faith. So apostles and prophets still speak to us through the word, and unity among believers is possible only when it's built on the foundation of sound doctrine from the apostles and prophets. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay, so you just said that pastors and elders are the same thing, right? Yes. But don't we have pastors here at Grace who are not elders? Right. We use it in the vernacular. Like I said earlier, let's go back to when someone uses the term prophetic or apostolic. We're saying, we're not going to tell you you can't use that term. Just don't tie it to chapter 4, verse 11 in Ephesians. The same way in the vernacular, in the American church, really around the world, we call people pastor, not in the same way as a pastor, elder, overseer. And so... We could probably tighten up with that at Grace Orange, just like many churches probably could. On the other hand, it's it's the common term that gets used for mm-hmm. someone who's helping shepherd the flock and being a ministry leader. Yeah, I think ultimately the issue is not the terms that we, were, we are using. It's how those terms are understood by the people in those churches, right? Right, right. So let's go ahead and we're going to finish this up. I have a few more things that I think will cap this off. And then in our next episode, we'll get into... What happens when you twist these verses into something that they're not meant to be, okay? So we're going to go ahead and look at the purpose of equipping the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Then there's this term, until. Now, the whole APES model will rest on this. It's the Greek word mekri, and it, it literally is means until, okay? Now, there's anti, which means yet or until. That's not in Ephesians 4.13, but it doesn't matter, okay? It just means until something happens. Until what happens? So God gave these gifted men to the church to equip the gifted people in the church for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until. Until what? Well, it says until we all attain the unity of the faith, which means these gifts are still being given, right? We are in operation. These gifted men are in operation in the church, equipping the gifted people in the church. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are still being given. That's right, because the gifts are the people, not the actual talents or abilities. Well, they're given to people. Yeah. They're given to people. Look, for example, uh, those that are equipping the saints are gifted men that are given to the church, but they're equipping people who are gifted by the Holy Spirit with the other range of gifts that God gives. Right. I'm just saying that in Ephesians 4, the gifts that are given are the people that are given to the church. They, they in are, Ephesians 4, 11. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But Ephesians Those 4, 7, are, and 8. Yeah, exactly. But in mm-hmm. 7 and 8, it's the spiritual gifts that we see in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and other, and other places. Totally agree. Just yeah. wanted to clear that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it says that we are to come to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And we're not to be tossed to and fro by waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, which is really interesting. By human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Don't twist the scriptures. Rather, speak the truth in love and grow up. That literally means truthing in love, living in the realm of love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, the cornerstone, right? The whole body is joined and held together. And so don't be carried about by every wind of doctrine. It's very easy for someone who's spiritually immature 
not grounded in the knowledge of Christ through God's word, to be tossed to and fro by certain teachings. We are to grow up into Christ. And so that's an important element here. This is the big idea here. Yeah, so you're saying that these gifted men are given, but again, I I come back to that word until. The gifted men are given until? You were saying that they're still in operation or something like that? Well, the idea is that evangelists, yeah, the, the word of God is going to be in operation in the church Okay, uh, the word of God is eternal, but the word of God is going to keep building the church, and evangelists and shepherd teachers are still going to be shepherding the flock until Christ comes again. Mm-hmm. So the apostles and prophets are still ministering through the word. Absolutely, oh. absolutely. So the idea here is that God gave, in His sovereign authority, Jesus assigned spiritual gifts, verses seven and eight, and He gave gifted men to the church to build those gifted people up in the church. The church was built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. You only build the foundation once. There, They wrote the word. They weren't self-perpetuating. They were specially commissioned in the early church. And so what we believe is the apostle and the prophets, those offices ceased with the completion of the canon of the New Testament. And these offices were replaced by evangelists and teaching pastors. So evangelists proclaim the gospel of salvation in Christ. Pastors and teachers, a single office of leadership in the church, functioning together to shepherd, and they teach and and help the the church. So God has given gifted men to the church and to equip the church who are gifted by the Holy Spirit to serve God's purposes. Yeah, so this is in contrast to the APES model, who's saying that these are gifts given to us, right? That apostleship is a gift, that prophecy is a gift, stuff like that. And we're going to dive into that more, but I kind of wanted to put that into our brains right now to start thinking about like the, the nuanced difference that that can create and that applicationally, that's going to lead us on two very different trajectories. Absolutely. And let me just mention this too, that there is a there's a verse that gets taken out of context in Romans 11 that says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Mm. That's not about spiritual gifts. That's about election and predestination. Yeah. Okay, that's about calling people to faith in Christ. Now, the gifts that are given in Ephesians 4, 7, and 8, they're listed elsewhere in the Bible, gifted men that are given to the church, that's a time-bound thing. It's not until the final until, okay? Apostles and prophets will bless the church through the word, not in person, but through the word. And God's means of growth is the Spirit of God using the Word of God in the hearts and lives of believers. And so this is the church operating as as Christ intends, and it is sufficient. The Word of God is sufficient. We do have enough to know what we're to do. We do have enough knowledge from the Word to know how the church is to operate today. Absolutely. And gifted men given to the church are to shepherd the flock of gifted people for the purposes of God. Wow. Well, thank you, Mike. This was this was really good. I think it shows just how seriously we should take the word. I mean, we've spent now three weeks on this particular subject, and we're going to spend, I think, two more, and it's important. And we start with a foundation of what does Scripture say. So now that we know the truth, we can, we can evaluate other structures and other systems and put them under the scrutiny of the word so that we can know what truth is. Right. All right. So if you guys want to email us, go ahead and do so at ordinarychurch at gmail.com. And we hope you'll join us next Thursday as we remain faithful, even in the ordinary.